Today I want to talk about a topic. This is a topic that has been very watered down, I believe, in the body of Christ. When this word is mentioned, I don't think the fullness of the meaning has come forth. And, and I want to talk about that topic from the biblical standpoint. Now, when a Christian or even an unsaved person gets revelation and illumination from the Holy Spirit about this one topic, I'll tell you right now, it will make the devil and every demonic spirit cringe with anger. Why do I say that? Because once you get a revelation and illumination on this one topic, the devil knows that you are truly a threat to his evil kingdom on this earth. Hallelujah. Once you take hold of this truth about this one topic, the devil's fiery darts that he throws at you day by day are no longer a threat. He will not and cannot keep you down. This term is packed full of the power of God and the glory of God. And it will change your life if you will know how to tap into it as a Christian. And as an unbeliever, you, if you have not made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, today is the day to do so. And I'll talk more about that later. But today I want to talk about the grace of God. About what is grace? What's our responsibility when it comes to grace? Now, let me define the word grace. Grace is defined as this. Unmerited favor. Or favor that you did not and cannot earn. I have an acronym for the word grace. You spell grace, of course, G-R-A-C-E. The G is, this is what it stands for now. God's riches at Christ's expense. Hallelujah. You cannot earn salvation. You can't do uh, that many works. Any work that you do on this earth will not make you righteous in God's sight. You need the Lord Jesus Christ and His grace, His power, His blood to wash away that sin nature that was passed down to you through Adam, through Adam's disobedience. Now, the Bible talks a lot about the grace of God. And today, I want to just share just a, a small portion of what it is because I'd be here all day. And, and talking to you about the grace of God. And I'll do that, but, uh, but for today, for the service, for the radio broadcast, I can only go so far because we're limited on time. But the Bible describes the grace of God, first off, as all abundant or rich or in abundant supply. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 5 and look with me on verse... 20. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. It says this, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. See, the first part of that, it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. It's talking about this. It's talking about the Ten Commandments. It's talking about the law of Moses or the Old Testament. You see, the Old Testament was never 
put in place to make an individual righteous before God. It couldn't, they couldn't do it. It couldn't do it because the individuals, mankind, had sin nature in them. And that sin nature only could be washed away through the New Testament, through the Lord Jesus Christ. But here it says that the law was put in place to show us that we cannot earn salvation or earn righteousness uh, or right standing with God by our own works. In fact, Galatians says about the Old Testament or the law, it says that the law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. It, the law is showing us, hey, you can't do it on your own. You need my son, Jesus Christ, to wash that sin nature away. You need the supernatural work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So praise God. So God's grace, it goes on to say, it says, but where sin abounded, grace, or God's favor, God's unmerited favor, did much more abound. Hallelujah. You see, it's the grace of God that puts us over into victory in this life. Because we didn't deserve it. The grace of salvation is this. That while we were yet sinners, God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to this earth to die on that cross, to shed his blood in a horrible death, to pay for the punishment of our sin. Hallelujah. That's the grace, that unmerited favor that's extended to us. And it's all abundant. It's rich. Number two. The Bible describes God's grace as manifold. Turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to 1 Peter 4.10. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says this, As every man hath received the gift of God, or the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God you see the word manifold means this it means bountiful or various it means one right after another it means the grace of God goes on and on and on it's never-ending God's grace is so abundant it just blow your mind and, and I'm going to be getting in later on in this message about what our responsibility is about the grace of God. So stay tuned. So God's grace, the Bible calls it, calls it all abundant or rich. Number two, God's grace is manifold. It's bountiful. It's various. One right after another. Keeps on going. Number three, the Bible describes God's grace as an empowerment or an enabling. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1. And I'm going to be looking at verse 12. It says this, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. The Apostle Paul said that it was God who enabled him to become a minister, an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul realized that through his own strength, through his own ability, he couldn't do anything. 
but by the grace of God, the unmerited favor, God enabled him to be a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's ready to do the same thing for you. The word of God says that he's no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. What he did for Paul, he'll do for you. Are you ready to step out and be used by him? Because if you are, get ready. He will use you. So the grace of God is, number one, all abundant or rich. Number two, it's manifold, one right after another. Number three, it's an empowerment or an enabling. Hallelujah. An enablement, enabling to, do, to be put over into victory on this earth. Hallelujah. Number four, the Bible describes the grace of God as not a license to sin. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. I'm going to be looking at verses 1 through 2. There seems to be a misconception in the body of Christ today. Remember I told you that the word grace seems to be very watered down in the body of Christ. Well, in this scripture here, the, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is writing to the Romans. And evidently, the Romans had ministers come to them telling them that they can live however they want. And the grace of God will cover them. The grace of God will cover or overlook the sin that they are into. Because after all, God is love, right? Well, turn with me to Romans 6 and look at verses 1 through 2. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, the chapter before that is talking about the grace of God and how it was God's grace that Jesus Christ came to this earth to pay the punishment for our sin. But then Paul hits that point. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then he gave the answer. He said, God forbid. You see, if you're a Christian today and you're backslidden, you know you're not living the life that you ought to be. And you're living in sin. And you're in willful sin daily. You're, you're slinging off four-letter words all the time. You're, you know you're not walking in love toward your fellow man. And you know you're backslidden. You're in a dangerous spot, my friend. Because if you continually, willfully sin after knowing the truth, let me put it this way. You need, to, you need to come back to the Lord. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ because you're on dangerous ground. You're on dangerous ground, spiritually speaking. So the Bible describes the grace of God as all abundant or rich, manifold, bountiful, various, one right after another. Number three, as an empowerment or an enabling. And number four, the Bible describes the grace of God as not a license to sin. 
Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about what is our responsibility uh, as Christians when it comes to the grace of God. I'm talking to the people who have made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of, of their life. Now, what is our responsibility? Number one, our responsibility as Christians when it comes to the grace of God, we must tap into the grace of God by faith. Turn with me to 2 Peter. Turn with me to 2 Peter. I want to show you some things. And some of you may have not, may have never heard this before. And I'm glad you tuned into this broadcast. I'm glad you're here at this service today. Hallelujah. I love teaching and preaching the word of God. And, and seeing when someone gets a revelation on a topic. It just blesses my heart to, to see someone, you can see it on their face, that it starts to click, and it makes sense of what the Bible is saying. Now, number one, we need to tap in to the grace of God by faith. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Listen to this, and this is a principle in the kingdom of God. It says this, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now it says here that you will have grace and peace will be multiplied in your life through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, as you learn more about the benefits that belong to you as a Christian, when you get the knowledge of that, then you can have the faith to receive those blessings. And that grace will be multiplied unto you. Because there's believers listening to me right now on, on the radio. There's some of you here today. And you're dealing with things, you're suffering things that you don't need to suffer with because there's a promise in the Word of God that covers that problem, that situation, that circumstance that you're going through. And you don't have to put up with it. There's a way out. Remember I told you the grace of God is what puts us over into victory. But to be able to, to take advantage of all the benefits... You need to tap into that by faith. Now, it's just like a well. You go to a piece of property, you build a house, and you need water. So what happens? You tap into the water way down low in the ground. You need to tap into it to take advantage, to pull that water up. Well, the Bible says that we need to tap into the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. Did you catch that? The Bible says that we need to tap into or draw out, out of the wells of salvation. There, there are so many blessings. There's so, some of you might be hearing that and saying, Pastor James, that sounds too good to be true. Well, guess what? Yeah, it's really good. But guess what? It's true. Have you been selling yourself short as a Christian? 
Have you been tapping into all the benefits? Have you been tapping into the grace, the unmerited favor of God? That's what you need to ask yourself today. Now, to be able to have faith for something, you must have knowledge from God's word on that certain topic. And that's why it says that it says that grace and peace will be multiplied unto you through the knowledge. Because you really, truly can't have faith for something until you know that you have a right to claim it. Until you know that God has made it available for you. As I said before, I'll say it again. A, in, an individual cannot get saved if they don't know that it's the will of God to, get, to be saved. An individual uh, can't receive uh, healing and tap into that benefit because they don't know. If you don't know that healing's available, you, you know, you're not just going to trip over it, okay? It's a principle in the kingdom of God. To have faith for something, you need knowledge from the word of God to back that faith. Amen? You must understand that as a Christian. And so many people uh, base their, uh, their Christian life on their experiences. Well, they say, well, healing, divine healing and miracles can't be for today because Aunt Myrtle died of cancer. And she was a wonderful Christian. She loved the Lord with all of her heart. But you know what I usually find out in those circumstances? She never had one bit of teaching from the Word of God about divine healing. Not one bit. So she never had anything to back her faith on. You see, faith and hope are different. Oh, I hope it happens, but then there's faith, which, which means that you know it's in the Word, and now you can claim it, and you can receive it. You can have faith to tap into the grace of God. And I'm going to be getting into that in more in other uh, broadcasts and, and other messages. So um, come on out. Come on out to Revival Christian Center. This is the stuff that's being taught here. The Word of God. My opinion doesn't matter. It's what the Word says. That's what's going to change your life. Amen. We have to preach the Word. Amen. Now, turn with me to John 14, 12. I'm proving the point that we as Christians must tap into the grace of God by faith. John 14. John the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus made a very interesting statement in this one verse. And many, many Christians have, I, you know, I'll tell you this right now. I grew up in a church. I grew up in a church that really, you know, I don't even know I guess they preached on love and, and stuff like that. But I never knew that miracles still happen today. I didn't know that divine healing was available. I didn't know that God's power is still moving on this earth. I didn't know the authority that was given to me as a believer. So I am very, very sensitive to those who are in churches where they don't know these truths and stuff. I just want to reach out to you and tell you it's available. God's power is still available. 
And you need to get connected to a local church that is preaching the word of God. Not one that's selling you short of your Christian walk on this earth and experience. There is so much more. And I, I just want to encourage all the preachers who maybe aren't teaching that. Get into it and study it for yourself. Because it's still there. It's available. Amen. Now John 14, 12 says this. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. That is amazing. Notice, what did Jesus, what were the works of Jesus when he was on this earth? He went around preaching, teaching, healing the sick, and casting out demons. Really, in a nutshell, that's what he did. He went around blessing people, healing them. And that power was flowing. And now Jesus makes a statement to us, to his followers, and says that those same wor these works that I've been doing, in a nutshell, he's saying, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that anointed me on this earth to do these works. Now, the Holy Spirit's going to be upon you and anoint you to do these same works, to carry on the work that I have started on this earth. Yes, uh, the Bible calls us Christians ambassadors for Christ. That the same power, that the Holy Spirit, that anointing is here. We are his body on this earth. The, hence, the body of Christ, the work that he started, he has given us authority to continue on with that. Now notice, if you don't know that, if you have no idea that's available to you, the believer, you will not walk in that authority. You will not have miracle signs and wonders following you. Why? Because it says it right here in the verse. He, it says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me. Do you believe that the miracle working power of God is still flowing today? Do you believe that you can tap into it? If you never heard this message before, you probably never seen a miracle happen in your life. I'm telling you right now, it is exciting. The Christian life is exciting. I've seen legs grow out. I've seen cancer disappear. All of these miracles, these healings. A broken leg healed right in front of my eyes. The lady started running around. After she was prayed for, running around praising God. And by the way, uh, here at Revival Christian Center in Big Rapids, we are going to be having community healing uh, and miracle services. And you are invited to come. I want you to come. I want you to hear me teach on the Word of God about miracles, deliverance from demonic spirits, and, and the blessings that are available to you as believers. So you're invited to go to there, uh, come to the meetings. Mark 16, turn with me there. In other words, it said, Jesus said, he that believes on me. He said, you're going to believe the words that I say here. You're going to believe the word of God. Amen. And, and when you get to that point, you know it's available and you believe it. You're going to walk in that power. You're going to walk in that authority. 
Now look at this in Mark 16. Um, look at verse seven, verses 17 through 20. Uh, my, my, the point I'm trying to make, the Christian must tap into the grace of God by faith. Mark 16, verse 17 through 20. Jesus said this, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any, any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now listen to me. He says this, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Them that believe. Who? Those who believe, his followers, Christians who believe that these signs are going to follow you when you're out and about preaching the gospel and you're out and about. Now, that picking up, taking up serpents and all that, that's not talking about throwing down rattlesnakes and going to pick them up. That's stupidity. No, it's talking about if you're out, you know, somewhere or wherever where there's snakes and you got bit by a snake on accident or whatever. Or if someone, you drank something that was poisonous. That's God's promise of protection to you as the Christian. It's not talking about going up and handling rattlesnakes and all that junk. That's foolishness. Hey man, that's stupidity. That's, that's tempting God. But it's saying, hey, if you're out and, and you get bit by a poisonous snake or you drink something poisonous, he goes, my protection is there to cover you. My grace is there to cover you. And my point is this. As you gain more knowledge of the word of God and tap into it by faith, it will be multiplied. The grace of God, the power of God will be multiplied in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you know, even an unsaved person, an unsaved person must tap into the grace of God by faith. Oh, yeah. You heard me right. <laughs> an unsaved person must tap into the grace of God by faith. And I want to read a scripture in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. Listen to this. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Notice this. For by grace, by God's unmerited favor, you couldn't earn it. You couldn't do enough works to earn your salvation, it's saying. For by grace are you saved through faith. Through faith in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Romans chapter 10. For those of you who are not born again, who have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I want to tell you, show you right now how you can do that. It's in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Uh, verses 9 through 10. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. It says this. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, 
you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You need to believe today. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, first off, you need to believe that, he is, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God sent him to this earth to die on the cross, to shed his blood, to take the punishment of your sin. And the next part is, you need to verbally confess him as Lord. So if you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, and you want to do that right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I am a sinner. Forgive me for rejecting you. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I confess now Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. That's how you get saved. And if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to come up. Let me know. Let someone know. Call us here at the church. 231-796-8228. Or email us. Go to revivalchristian.org and email us. Let us know. Now, with that Ephesians chapter 2, it says, For by grace are you saved. See, the grace, as I said earlier in the message, the grace is that while we were yet sinners, when mankind was cursing God, was rejecting God, God still sent His most prized possession, His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven, down to earth in human form. And he took that sin upon himself and he was crucified on the cross. He didn't have to do it, but he did it anyways. Friend, that is the grace of God. You are saved. You are saved by grace through faith in what Jesus Christ has done. So we as Christians and even the unbeliever to get saved must tap into the grace of God by faith. Hallelujah. Number two, we as Christians, we must grow in grace. Turn with me to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says this, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We have been given the command as Christians, once you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, that we are to grow in grace. We are expected to grow spiritually by taking advantage of all of these wonderful benefits in the Word of God that's extended to us. But, like I said, but to grow in grace, we must know what belongs to us as Christians. Notice it says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge, in the knowledge of, the Lord, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Friend, 
you need to know something. If you're going to live a meaningful Christian life on this earth, if you're going to do some things for God, and you want to be all that you can be in God's army, amen, you need to know some things from the Word of God. You need to get into the Word of God daily, and you need to maintain that prayer life with Him, that communication with Him. He desires to know you more. He desires to know you more. He wants that intimate fellowship, relationship with you. Amen. You don't need a priest to be your go-between with God. Amen. Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. That is what the Bible says. Man-made tradition says that you need a priest to go through. Amen. Amen. We need to stay in line with the word of God. You need to take advantage of God's favor that is upon your life as his child. One such person that comes to mind who did take advantage to grow in grace is the, is, is the apostle Peter. Now Peter, when Jesus was going to get crucified, Peter denied Jesus three times and cursed him. But, you know, after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and Jesus was on this earth for 40 days after his resurrection, before he went back up into heaven, right? Within that 40-day span, Jesus came back to Peter. Now, remember, Peter denied Jesus three times. Well, Jesus comes back to Peter and says, and asks Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? So for each time that Peter denied him, Jesus gave him three more chances to make it right. And Peter was given a new beginning as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter took advantage of it. You know, the book of Acts says that Peter carried such a strong anointing upon him. It said that the sick the sick and disease would be laid out on the streets that even the very shadow of Peter would pass over them. Peter's shadow, such the power of God was upon him to minister that people were getting healed by his shadow passing over them. That, my friend, is growing in grace. Going from someone who denied Jesus and now who's being used, and the power of God is upon your life. We as Christians need to grow in grace, daily get into the Word, gaining knowledge from the Word of God, and taking advantage of all that God has for us. And number three, we as Christians must be strong in the grace of God. 2 Timothy 2.1 Turn there with me if you have your Bibles. 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 says this. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I'll tell you this right now. If you're a Christian, I'm sure the enemy has done this to you already. But the devil is going to come along. And he's going to try to throw up every failure every sin that you have ever committed in your past and he's going to make you try to feel so unworthy 
of the of receiving the grace of God. But the Bible says stand strong in the grace of God. Stand strong in the favor that's extended to you. You see, when the devil comes along and, and tries to remind you of the past, you need to remind him of his future, that he's going to be thrown in the lake of fire. Amen? But you also need to put up that shield of faith and confess what the word says about you as a child of God. That you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Amen. Remember I told you, I said once a Christian gets revelation. Illumination from this one topic. I told you that the devil cringes with anger. And the demon spirits cringe with anger. Because of this. Once you get that revelation, you will be able to stand strong and you will be able to lift that shield of faith, as the Bible says in Ephesians 6, and it will quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. And Satan's lies and deception are no more a threat to you. They can no longer thwart you off course because you know who you are as a child of God. That, my friend is standing strong in the grace of God. Amen. You know, spiritually speaking, a true Christian, a true follower of Jesus Christ is not a wimp spiritually, but is bold and will stand up and use the authority that he has been given through the Lord Jesus Christ and tell the devil where to go. Amen. We need to be bold, bold as a lion. As Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1, I believe it is, declares. We need to be bold as a lion. And that's only going to come when you stand strong in the grace of God. God is looking for a remnant on this earth who is tired of boring religion and traditions of men. You see, traditions of men and, and, and all this stuff, it makes the word of God of no effect in your life. That's what the Bible says. But he's looking for that remnant who wants to be used by him, who wants his power flowing through them, who's going to be the hands and the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and go out to the highways and byways and compel the lost, the sick, the maimed to come in, to be set free, to be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And lastly, we as Christians... We must speak with grace. Ephesians 4 verse 29 talks about this. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. It says this. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You better watch out, Christians. If you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're born again, watch out what comes out of your mouth. And then it goes on to say, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You see, we as believers, we as Christians, have the word of God to speak in the lives of people. And it will strengthen them. It will build them up. It will lead them in paths of righteousness. We need to speak with grace and don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You know, I want to tell you this. This is a whole other teaching. But 
Our words are containers. The words that we speak are containers. They either carry the power of God or they're going to carry the power of the devil. What do I mean by that? When you're speaking to someone in line with Scripture, when you're building someone up, when you're walking in love, those words carry the power of God and will just will bless the hearers. But when you're speaking words of negativity, words of cursing, corrupt communication are coming out of your mouth, that's carrying the power of the devil. Now, like I said, that's a whole other teaching. But real quick, Proverbs 18.21. It says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Friend, you need to let grace come out of your mouth. The words of grace, the word of God come out of your mouth. So we as Christians, we need to grow in grace. We need to be strong in grace. We need to tap into the grace of God by faith. You need to get into the word daily and find out what belongs to you as a child of God. And when you do that, you will be used by God in such a greater way.